Welcome to the Data Scientist Podcast with Dr. Stylianos Kabakis. Dr. Kabakis is a data scientist, statistician, and blockchain expert with a mission to educate the public about the wonderful capabilities of technologies like AI, data science, and DLTs. These technologies have the potential to transform the world, the economy, and our lives. However, there is too much misinformation around tech, and so most people are just confused about what is true and what is not. Whether you are a CEO, an entrepreneur, or just an enthusiast, the Data Scientist Podcast helps you separate reality from hype. Hi, everyone. This is Telios, and today I'm going to talk about a very, very, very interesting topic. I'm going to talk about Stanford's Artificial Intelligence Index. So Stanford has been releasing this index for a few years now, and it's really an amazing piece of work. And uh, this index is based on a report that tracks what's happening in the world of AI on a global scale. Okay, so today is the 5th of March, 2021, and I think this index was released a few days ago. And it's an amazing piece of work. I'm just going to comment a bit on it and share my insights as to where I see the world of AI heading towards though okay so let me share my screen first of all i realized i've not done this for those of you listening only on a podcast not watching the video you can find a link to the index in the description but don't worry i mean you're not missing out on that much because i'm going to be describing basically everything right so uh, there are like nine main takeaways from this report okay and i'm, I'm gonna go through each one of them in there okay so first of all AI investment in drug design and discovery has skyrocketed, okay? Something worth noting here is that, yeah, many people will say, yeah, no kidding, COVID. Well, this report talks about the what happened in 2020 compared to 2019, right? So even before COVID, investment in this area was already exploding. And I'm not really surprised because medicine is one of the most impactful areas of science and the industry as well and in medicine we have like like huge data sets many complicated problems it makes sense to apply ai there and uh, like if you are in this area i expect that uh, if you're in the area of of ai in medicine i think you're in a very very good uh, spot okay so if let's say i was going to start a new company i would seriously consider starting a new company in this particular area and by the way if anyone is thinking about starting an ai startup and you don't have knowledge around ai feel free to send out an email to me because one of the things i'm doing is i'm mentoring people on how to start ai businesses and these are people who have expertise in an area so if you are for example a doctor and you want to start a business in this area then just drop me an email okay then another very important takeaway, and probably this is more interesting for those who are in academia, like I used to be, the industry shift continues with many people from academia dropping out and going into the industry to pursue a career in AI. And I'm not surprised because there's much more money in the industry and we see more and more amazing work coming out in the space, coming out from like companies like Google, Facebook, etc. And I think this is a trend that's just going to continue into the near future as well. So it just remains to see, to be seen whether they, they, whether academia can strike back. I don't know. I think maybe, I, I mean, this is a very long conversation, but I think there, I believe there are many things that need to change around academia in order to 
make it more attractive for researchers to stay there. That's not to say that no one will stay in academia, but this is basically my opinion. Okay. Then generative everything. Okay. So uh, AI systems can now compose pretty much everything. It's like insane times out there in terms of what we're witnessing around this area. For those of you who don't know, I'm a big fan of this area and I'm also organizing the AI Creativity and Blockchain Meetup in London. Also, obviously, because of the lockdowns and everything, we've been running things online and it's very likely we'll keep doing a few things online because this helps us reach a global audience. But in general, this is a very good area to be in. It goes beyond art. It goes into the special effects industry and also it's not only uh, AI, I think blockchain is going to play a huge role in this area with NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Then AI has a diversity challenge. Uh, I'd say that it's not AI that has a diversity challenge, I'd say computer science has a diversity challenge. <laughs> AI is just part of computer science and this is a very long conversation and, and, and I guess the, the best, uh, I mean, in my opinion, the best way to tackle this is to not just focus on AI, but focus on computer science and STEM as a whole, okay, and address the diversity problem there, because it's, it's really not just AI or machine learning, unfortunately, uh, STEM in general suffers from this issue, right? There are, I think, some, you know, some optimistic stats around, you know, there's been some progress being made, but, you know, we're not there yet, unfortunately. Then another very important news stories. I've talked about this in, in another podcast. China overtakes the U.S. in a general citations. Very, very important news. China and the U.S. are the two main players in the AI economy. And China overtaking the U.S. in general citations is huge. Then again, it's not just about quantity. It's also about quality, right? So just because the papers are getting more citations, that, that this doesn't mean they're more impactful. But what this demonstrates is that China is now becoming an independent player into this area. Okay, it's becoming an independent player as in it's now start to lead its own way. Very interesting. We'll see what, what happens around this. Like China is not the most extroverted country in terms of its industry or the economy. Everything is heavily controlled by the government. I know maybe some people, I don't know, will have their own opinions about this, but in, in, in general, the West has, you know, in the West, everything has been pretty open, at least with regards to research. We'll see whether some of the things taking place in China can also go over to the West, or whether the Chinese government is just trying to build a competitive advantage by shielding things from the rest of the world. So like anyone who's interested in geopolitics of AI, they should keep their eyes on this war between, I mean, it's not a proper war, but you know what I mean, between US and, and China. And another important development, the majority of the US AI PhD grads are from abroad. I think that's something which you see in other countries. I see you see this in the UK as well, where I'm based, I'm based in London. And what you see is that, you know, in domains like AI, like so multicultural, and you have people from like pretty much everywhere because as long as someone's smart and curious, they can be very good in AI. And I think what many people are looking for is they're looking to move into countries like people who are interested in AI to move into countries that offer more opportunities. So I think, again, this this uh, pretty much this stat is the same as, you know, for entrepreneurs, like many people moving in places like, you know, America and the UK and the EU for this, for this region, right? So there's no surprise there. Then something which might, might, might be a bit worrying and scary is that surveillance technologies are fast, cheap, and increasingly ubiquitous. We knew this was going to come one way or another. 
Now AI it makes it easy to enable some kind of Orwellian nightmare <laughs> society. And there are many, 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 many ethical concerns around how this is used. Now, I don't know how this is going to be used, but what I can tell you is that this, we're definitely going to experience some very heavy ethical concerns in the near future because now that the technology has matured to a point that it can start replicating humans, right? And this gets us to point eight, that AI ethics lacks benchmarks and consensus. I think I'm going to be a bit pessimistic here while many people are talking about AI ethics, etc. I think that we'll see many bad things happening and then ethics following and discussions following, like the atomic bomb, you know? So we're probably going to see something similar, people dropping some AI bombs and then saying, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. On the plus side, I think that people are, the society is more open now to talking about this. They, they ask more questions and this has been partly held by, by you know, telecommunications, right? So even if there are bad news, if something bad happens, it's much easier the news are much easier to travel. So if a company tries to do something which is unethical, then bad news will hurt, will hurt it much faster. In a, you know, talking about PR and, and, and the impact of being unethical in a context. So that's, that's a very big topic. I'm cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, I wouldn't expect anything, anything serious happening this year, the next few years. I mean, people are talking big words, but then again, I think we're also on a geopolitical level, we're experiencing some kind of, let's say, AI arms race, uh, which means that probably ethics are not going to play a strong, uh, that of a strong role because uh, we might experience a situation where really, I wouldn't say we're going to end up with a winner takes all game, but it's a game where there might be winners and losers, right? And this is, and, and when we're in a situation like this, and ethics is not, it's just, you know, something of an afterthought. And finally, AI has gained the attention of the U.S. Congress. And I think that's not just the U.S. and a few other countries. We also seen like governments noticing AI a bit more. The funny thing is that, you know, when we're talking about institutions like political institutions, where there's the Congress or a parliament or whatever, they're usually a bit too late. <laughs> like they notice things a bit too late. So I guess the fact that in, in Congress in the U.S. has started gaining the attention of uh, AI has started getting the attention of Congress, it means that AI has started breaking into the mainstream, right? So now the full report is really, really long, it's like nearly, nearly 200 pages long. I've not really been through all of it yet myself, but I'd really urge you to, to read it. It's super, super interesting. But these are like the main takeaways. And, and, and one more thing I wanted to, to briefly touch upon before we conclude, is the global vibrancy ranking. Okay, so there's this there's this tool, like a very nice dashboard that they provide on the website, and you can compare countries against each other in terms of how the performance is in AI, uh, with metrics such as research, economy, inclusion. And uh, it's a very nice graph. It's something which I'm not very happy about is that see the UK, where I'm based, has dropped a few places. It's still the second largest player in the European region, but a few years ago, it used to be the third. Then again, I guess it's uh, as to how you measure some of those things. So, you know, it's not like, you know, these kind of indices are not like, you know, points on a football <laughs> table, on a, on a league table, right? So you can obviously compare different countries, but I'm not sure how many full comparisons are between, let's say, position four and five. But they can give you like some general patterns. And obviously you see that United States is uh, number one. No surprise, China is amongst the top players. 
Uh, Singapore and Switzerland are very, very interesting because they are in Singapore is in the second position and Switzerland is in the third position. And this is interesting because they're not huge countries compared to, to the US, but they seem to be doing very, very well. And then we have some other countries like South Korea, India, Israel, Australia, and Canada. Then it's, it's the United Kingdom. And this index is taking into account research and then the economy and then inclusion. Okay. And obviously in all, at least in the majority of the top rated countries, or pretty much most top, most of them, the greater weight is given to research and development. Okay. And makes sense because AI is still being actively researched. We don't have something like the Terminator or anything like this yet, which means that research and development are still playing a huge role in the race for AI dominance. So I'm really curious to see how this will, will pan out. I guess in terms of, you know, the United States is obviously still going to dominate the, you know, it's good to dominate this area. I guess countries like the UK, maybe they can learn a thing or two from Switzerland or Singapore, which are not like very big countries, but they seem to be doing very well. And the UK has fallen, dropped a few places over the last few years, which is not good. And something else that another interesting pattern is that in general, Europe seems to not be doing that well in terms of AI. And maybe they should be taking ideas from you know some places like Israel or South Korea or even India, right? So India is not that high. It's actually the only top-ranked country, which is not very high in terms of research and development, but it's doing very well in terms of economy and inclusion. India is a huge country, and there's lots of potential there, many good software developers, so it remains to see, to be seen how things will unfold there. I'm not going to go into the methodology and the metrics behind the index. Yes, that's going to be too long for this podcast, but I hope this was very enlightening. Again, I'd really urge you, if, if you're really interested in AI, to read through the report. I might be revisiting this in a future podcast because there are some very, some excellent pieces of information in there. And I'm really excited about the future and maybe a bit worried as well around some of the ethical issues that we, we mentioned and really interested to see how things will pan out. So thanks for being here with me. I hope you found this informative. Uh, make sure to check out the, check out Stanford's AI index. And uh, also make sure to check out my website, thedatascientist.com. And for those of you watching on YouTube, this logo behind is Tesseract Academy, which is one of the companies I'm running, which educates decision makers in the proper use of data science and AI. If you're interested in some training or data strategy ser services, make sure to get in touch. So thank you, and I hope to see you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit thedatascientist.com for more content about data science, AI, and blockchain.